Your mission, Superhouse Podcast listeners, should you choose to accept it, is to listen to our review of Mission Impossible Fallout. As always, should you or any of your force be caught or killed, the Superhouse Podcast team will disavow any knowledge of your actions. This recording will self-destruct in five seconds. Welcome, listeners, to episode 139 of Superhouse Podcast. Today you're joined by Andrew. Hello. And me, Maddie. Just the two of us. So we're going to get right into our Mission Impossible Fallout review. Andrew, general thoughts. Let's hear them. All right. Uh, Everybody, you guys all know that I haven't really been the biggest fan of this series up until now. This is probably the first one I liked, really. I don't know what it is about this series. Like, I'm not a real huge Bond fan either, and Joey, for some reason, lumped this together with me not liking Fast and the Furious, but I think those are so different from this. But, uh, like, I don't know what it is. I haven't really been into them before, and I've seen probably all of them, almost all of them anyway. I think maybe I skipped one, but I'd have to go back and really check and see which one it was. But, holy fuck, man. Like, it's just the... The action with the action pacing, and I'll get into this a little bit later, but like the some of the moral choices of the character and, and shit like that and and uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm trying not to get too deep into it right off the bat, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a thumbs up for me. I'll tell you that much right now, and, and it's probably my first one in the series. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I, um, I'm a huge fan of the Mission Impossible movies, and I never thought I would be just because you, you know, you get all the weird stuff with like Tom Cruise and I wanted to like get out of him I was like Tom Cruise is a little weird and yeah, yeah you yeah. know um, but I recently and I want to talk about this a little later about like celebrity versus like actor kind of stuff oh but that's at, a great topic oh, keep um, but uh, for me it was just like I like the character Ethan Hunt I think he's cool and you know I think Tom Cruise does a good job as him and it's he's always like reinforced by like a really cool cast Right, um, right. Especially in like the latter films, like Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, and now leading up to Fallout. Right. So, um, but I thought this movie was great. I loved it, but I felt like I was too hyped for it because of the t- Rotten Tomatoes score. And I feel like no one really talks about these films. Like Ghost Protocol is like, oh, Brad Bird's directing, that's cool. But and you know they do well, you know. But I don't feel like a lot of people that I hang out with are like, oh god, I can't wait to see the new Mission Impossible. So I would kind of go see these films by myself and just like fucking love it, dude. I was just like, oh my god, it's so much fun. But this one, it seemed like everyone was kind of on board for, and like hearing all the reviews coming out and all the stunt stuff because you hear about that stuff. But I feel like this was a more emphasis on it for whatever reason, you know. Um, I feel like people just wanted like a more you in your face action movie where your lead actor is doing like you know what probably like 70 percent of his own stunts yeah man i mean i don't know what the like it may be just 50 i don't know but from what i saw in fallout he does a shit ton of them because <laughs> i'm like oh that's a really good camera angle for and not being tom cruise oh wait that is fucking tom cruise <laughs> um so uh yeah and i think a lot of that with so many action set pieces in this one kind of like my I don't know what I was expecting. Not that I didn't have a good time, but usually I go into these just being like, I want to watch a fun action 
like kind of uh, Mission Impossible movie. And this one, I was like, you know, I'm ready to like sit down. It's the direct sequel to Rogue Nation, which has never been done before. So I went into it with a lot of expectations, and they met them all. It's just I walked out feeling a little different than the other ones, where I'm like, oh, that was really fun. I really enjoyed that movie. You know, I can't wait till it comes out. I want to rewatch it. And I feel the same way <laughs> about this one. Because I loved it, I liked everything in it. I just, I don't know, man. I feel like the Rotten Tomatoes score like made me more hyped, and I thought there was just going to be more. But That's what I got was great. That's so I, I'm yeah. in a weird conflict, and I really want to see it again. And I was going to go watch it today, but I went on a bike ride instead. Because you know what, people? Stay healthy. Go out for a bike ride. Go <laughs> yeah. swimming. We are uh, in our mid-30s, y'all. So. Yeah. <laughs> Some of y'all in y'all's 20s and can just do whatever you want. Drink all night long. For days straight, I remember those times. I remember before the internet, all right? <laughs> yeah. There was a time. But I still think this movie is great, and if you're a fan and you haven't seen it, got to go see it. It's it's worth it. The spectacle alone, see it in IMAX, just the stunt, it's going to look so good. I didn't see it in IMAX, but I can imagine it only looks amazing. All right, so Andrew just said that he's not super, like, he's seen the movies, but he's not a huge fan. Andrew, do you have another, like, Mission Impossible movie that you're like, that's pretty good. I enjoyed that one. I mean, I, the Brad Bird one, was that Ghost Protocol? Yes. That one was, you know, that one's pretty cool, but but I, I don't know. It's It kind of pales in comparison to this one, I got to say. And I think I did see, what was the last one, Ghost I think Nation? we saw the uh, Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation. I saw I saw that one, but I don't remember that bearded uh, villain dude at he all. He wasn't bearded man. in the first one. Oh, okay. I got, He's I been just, in like prison uh, since those events okay. for months. So. Like, I'll see. Like, I, I, I'm pretty sure I saw it, but yeah, I just don't remember that. I guess the beard threw me off or something. But his way of talking is so, uh, you know, it's like his own way of talking, and nobody else talks like that's very good villain villain voice. So good. I mean, uh, it's just so captivating, man. So, and th- by the way, I feel like we're we're really going to get into spoilers real soon here. So, as always, this is a spoiler-filled review, everybody. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, I guess that answers the question for now. Yeah, there's other stuff yeah. I want to get into, but I'm, I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you to bring it up. Cool. So, I love the Mission Impossible movies. I'm just going to rank them real quick. Go ahead. So. Um, what I would enjoy, so I would do Rogue Nation as my number one. I, like I love Ghost Protocol, but I do Rogue Nation, Fallout, including the new one, Ghost Protocol, Mission Impossible Three, Mission Impossible, and then Mission Impossible Two. And yeah. I go back and forth between Mission Impossible One because it doesn't feel like any of the other ones, just because it's like De Palma. And I had to watch that movie several times before I was like, oh fuck, I finally realized what's going on, and like what events took place to lead Ethan Hunt through this. So that's cool. That like uh, the other ones past that haven't really like like the 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 Mission Impossible or just like the um, oh my god, what word am I looking for? You know like the story isn't like too hard to understand through the rest of the series, which I don't think it has to be. I think you're there for like action movies and like you know, I think the plot's good through all of them, but I think Andrew we all might have seen Mission Impossible 3 together because that was like jj abrams like first movie yeah that was and i think we, we were, were all in college, college still yeah. so i'm sure that was like a group group outing through yes. the, the og superhouse days yes um so um <laughs> i saw several times on twitter well at least twice where people were saying it's america's greatest action franchise 
Uh, that, I mean, it's a long-running franchise. I get it. Uh, I mean, they're great. Some of the best stunts in the world, but I don't. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I mean, Fallout was absolutely incredible. But uh, anyway, uh, what were you gonna say next? Oh no, I, I wanted to talk about. I mean, I think it is. I mean, for the most like practically in-camera shot stunts, like yeah, it's fucking amazing. No one else is doing this shit. It's like, definitely up there. Yeah, um, I mean, I, you know, I think it's kind of like the unsung one that no one really talks about just because of, like, the antics of Tom Cruise. But I think secretly right. a lot of America really enjoys the Mission Impossible movies, and I think it's a testament to go from, you know, we had Mission Impossible 1 to introduce us, which is a very weird kind of new, like, Brian De Palma-esque movie, which is, like, when you rewatch it now, you're like, oh, my God, it's kind of, it's shot weird, but it's so he De Palma, wanted to be those, a like, fucking angles that he more does. Than an action movie, though, right? Yeah, yeah, it was more of a spy movie. Uh, I just read that, like, Tom Cruise doesn't, like, hold a gun at any point or shoot anyone in the first Mission Impossible. It's all about, like, you know, the spy aspect and espionage, and, like, you know, uh, one thing that continues out through all these movies is, you know, they don't kill innocents. You know, he's a zero body count. Like, you know, when uh, John Renault's character is, like, going to kill that guy who's really done nothing. He only kills, like, terrorist, villain, villainous people in his films. So, I thought that's cool that it stayed that strong throughout, like, six fucking films, dude. Like, if you don't fuck Fallout's with Ethan Hunt, six. you're good. Yeah, Fallout is number six. Okay, got it. All right. But, yeah, I think it's kind of recently in its stretch to, like, Mission Impossible. When Mission Impossible 3 came out, it set a standard, in my opinion, that people were like, oh, shit, let's pay attention to these because... MI2 is not good. It's a fun, weird watch just because John Woo directed it, and he's visually insane. Like, it's an action movie. I always with, remember and, just that fucking Metallica song. Yeah, and <laughs> the, the fucking the dove. Cliff. And the fucking dove scene. And some of the, like, stunts that Cruz does is, like, kind of out of, like, what you would think his wheelhouse would be for... I feel like from Mission Impossible 3 to Fallout, like, everything he does in an action scene where he's, like, punching or fighting someone is i believe that ethan hunt can do those things but in mission impossible 2 it's like dude you need like the dudes from the raid to do this shit like come oh, on right, 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 <laughs> yeah. right. so it's it's a fun weird watch but i enjoy it um it's kind of hard it's a lot harder to get through than like the first one and then three and on up but uh i think once three came out and then once they like attached brad bird to do ghost protocol it really set set in motion this kind of trilogy of film which might even because at the end of um, Ghost Protocol, the mission acceptance thing is about the syndicate. And then the next film you watch, Rogue Nation, is all about the syndicate. And then Fallout is kind of the conclusion of the syndicate so far. You know, but I definitely felt like Tom Cruise is like, we're going to do a trilogy of Mission Impossible films within Mission Impossible. And I was like, that's sick, dude. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, I agree. I think it is. It's kind of an unsung. I just don't think people... I don't know what I, I just feel like they kind of come out of nowhere except they, they kind of come out of nowhere you forget about them and you're like oh yeah Tom Cruise is an actor and he does do these movies and then I they end up being the, really fun really enjoyable and getting like really good scores with reviewers it's the scale of the stunts and with Tom Cruise being he's been an A-lister since we were kids right since before we were born yeah and he's still holding on strong to this like super mega you know a-list super movie star status and he's doing it well and he just made the best mission impossible movie that they've made six movies in and i think it's just the quality of the action and especially with this one it was kind of a lot of the action was just kind of easy to read and 
you know, I've said before on the podcast, it's sometimes action is hard for me to read. And honestly, I feel like Joey does not have that problem. I think that Joey's very good at picking out, uh, you know, like in trailers when they show like a, like flashes of of like just a clip. He'll he'll I noticed this in college. He will fucking pretty much catch all those flashes in the first go around without going frame by frame in the trailer. Like I, he's yeah. so I feel like Joey's so good at that, and I am the total opposite. I am so <laughs> terrible at that, and that's why I'm so thankful for this new rock star shit too. Like a, the YouTube channel you guys talked about, where like they just really pick it apart. So uh, anyway, um, yeah, I just I think that the action scenes are just done very well, and the spy espionage aspect of it i i gotta say even in fallout i did get a little confused here and there and uh to me i think i'm turning asian because the two love interests look almost exactly the same to me at least they did it first (laughs) it's like man tom cruise has a type in these films uh but uh i was like who who's the girl in the fucking um shooting the gun from the uh from the bridge on the motorcycles, I, I, I was so confused as to which one that was at that point, uh, just because they physically looked so similar. And, uh, but you know, other than that, I only have like a like. Can I just go into like my my gripes? And I got and they're minor. Am uh, I going ahead? Am I going ahead? All right, let's just do stunts real quick. What? Okay, yeah, you yeah, know let's what? yeah. Let's okay. just do it. Go into your gripes. Let's go ahead. <laughs> They're, Let's they're, just fucking get into it. They're they're minor. I I mean I don't think you'll. No one's gonna yeah. get mad over this. Um. So. Uh. Hold if on, they do me. fuck them, it's your opinion. <laughs> Until you upset me, and then I'm just gonna turn out turn off this podcast. All <laughs> <laughs> these movies ain't true. The end of Superhouse. I know we talk about that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but it never happens. All right. Uh. So. Uh. Basically, I wrote this out, bro. Here we go. Uh, the film has this theme of would you kill one person to save millions? That's sort of kind of it's it, this carries on from the first act to the second act, but I felt like it was kind of lost in the third act. Tom Cruise does eventually pretty much kill Cavill in the third act to save millions, but there's really no shot of him making that turn emotionally, and they don't go back to it either. It doesn't seem like it's just it's it's kind of lost in the action of it. It's no there's no emotional beat there. I feel like this movie well, would have would have been a damn near perfect ten if it had woven that theme better with the choices Ethan Hunt makes in the final climactic battle. Well, I just I'm going to interject into once yeah. you get your points. Uh, I will say that Solomon Kane, the main villain, is still alive. Right. And he's the main. Henry Cavill's character is just a henchman. He's an assassin right. there to stop Tom Cruise. Right. It's kind of a pawn. Like, he's just, like, his right-hand man. Right, right, right. So, I still think, like, this being, like I said, this was sort of a trilogy. I think we're going to get a fourth film. And it'll, because that fight scene between Solomon Cain and Rebecca Ferguson's character, uh, Ilsa, is fucking sick. But you want to see, because you, can, you know that Solomon can finally fight now because that was a pretty sick fight scene between the two yes, he was gonna was. best her and simon Pegg has to help out benji has to help her out to take him out so i think as a fan of the series and introducing this character like his introduction shot introductory shot in rogue nation is him just killing an innocent woman and tom cruise pounding on glass and like ultimately passing out and waking up in an interrogation room right so i think tom cruise needs 
the I think they need a fourth film to wrap up this whole syndicate thing. I think they need to wrap up this whole syndicate thing. Um, and I think that's going to be the like final conclusions because I feel like we're just seeing a piece of it. And right, I feel like they there just might got be a, the henchman and not the main guy. That does make sense. And, and I feel like a lot of people are putting a lot on Cavill just because, oh, he's a really cool villain. I don't want to see him die, and I agree. But he is just there to – he's the hammer, like they say. He's there to sh- like try to stop Tom Cruise. Uh, he's not the mastermind. He's following what Kane wants him to do. I have no so, problem with him dying in this movie. I thought it was Oh, no, I don't cool. either. I think I, – I don't want to see him come back. When I was like, they better kill him. But Solomon, I do want to see because it's like, you know, it's the fucking Lex Luthor to Superman scenario here. It's like Ethan Hunt finally has someone who can fucking best him at every turn. But Ethan Hunt is also equally as smart and can best him, like as we've seen when they captured him the first time. So, you know, I think that's going to be the finale. That's what I would say to that. But, all right, your next. Uh, not much more. Uh, there's some moments that go into his morals, like whenever he shoots the group of guys to save the one innocent policewoman. This is a case where he kills several to save one. It only happens once in the film, and I don't think it's supposed to be woven in with the major theme listed above. Oh, this actually isn't a gripe, but I still really enjoyed that scene. <laughs> <laughs> fine, dude. And then we'll just my- go through it. My only other minor gripe is that some of the music seems to be a little bit too similar to Hans Zimmer's Dark Knight score, um, but at the same time, even if it is very similar, it's at least wove, it's at least edited very well and builds tension really well with the action scenes, and it's all Warner Brothers anyway, so <laughs> so there's that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, I think that's kind of it, man. I mean, other than that, it's like. Like when I left the theater and when I was describing the film to other people the next day, I had kind of a smile on my face, bro. <laughs> like that's what I get every time I talk about these mo- like you know the the films. Uh, like when I think about them, I'm like, man, man, I really want to watch Mission Impossible. The movies are fun, dude. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I was I was surprised how much I liked it because I, I was a little bit hesitant. But it, it is one of the best movies this year, probably. I mean, all right, we're going to go into stunts, you said? Uh, no, I would just, like, I will just do my gripes real oh, quick. Oh, yeah, 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 for uh, sure. Uh, I didn't really have any gripes with it. I thought it was really well done. And the thing is, when I watch a Mission Impossible movie, I like to leave it and go, wait. And I, Andrew helped me out with this because he had questions about, like, the plot and, like, what was happening. And then, like, us just chatting through messenger i was like oh yeah this is why this occurred and we kind of talked it out um but one of the things i like is kind of going back and rewatching these movies and see how everything folds out i was uh reading an interview with the director christopher McQuarrie, and he said that like the original draft he wrote of this uh didn't really have any explanation and he was like dude that's like a three hour you know it's like three plus hours of filmmaking to like me to like shoot everything to to describe it and uh i was like that's cool he's like but the thing is is like you have to have compelling characters uh not just one singular character but a group of characters and have an emotional resonance with people while they're watching it but keep the plot kind of simple you don't need to like make it so complicated that people can't understand he's like yes leave some stuff in mystery but you don't have to make it overly complicated for people you know and I was like, that's pretty sick. Because I've watched the spy movies where I'm like, dude, 
Jesus Christ, I've been watching this thing for fucking three hours and I have no idea what's going on. Uh, it's called Tear Taylor Soldier Spy. <laughs> I think I was mainly confused it. at the ultimate role of the blonde lady. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. She's super, just the super like, hot one. Yeah, I, like the thing with the Mission Impossible movies is you just got to kind of wait till the end when people reveal themselves. Yeah. Which is kind of the fun of it. Because, like, when the turn when Benji is Solomon and he's talking to Cavill and that, like, back and forth, I was like, man, that seems like. Or, like, when Cavill's talking to Angela Bassett's character and, like, basically framing uh, Ethan Hunt, I was like, people like this movie? We already know that he's framing him. But then when that <laughs> scene comes where he's disguised as Benji and you don't know it, yeah, and then all of that comes full circle, you're like, all right, that was well done. I'm glad that I knew it was Cavill. So now that the, now I know it, so the whole time I'm waiting for the reveal to happen, and now Ethan knows it, and the rest of the crew know it. And I was like, the, sick, that I love it. That spy versus spy shit, man, where they're tricking each other, and the scene where... Uh, they they trick Cavill into spilling the beans basically because they're playing as Solomon Kane. That that was my favorite spy versus spy scene because it was like flipped it on them like several times in a row and they finally win. Like I, I don't know that was pretty cool. Like if, like of course if Alec Baldwin's old ass is holding a gun to Henry Cavill, of course Cavill's gonna straight up take that gun from him. But they were expecting that. You know, and then and they 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 saw it's like chess. You know, you see the next three or four moves. Yeah, no, I love that shit too. Uh, his name's Solomon Lane. I've been saying Kane because I oh, like yeah. the character. So Solomon Lane. Yeah, <laughs> Apologies. That's right. um, I knew I was getting that wrong. I was just trying to say Solomon, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't have anything. My only the only thing I wish would have happened. Is I wish Jeremy Renner's character would have come back because he's been in two of these movies and it just felt weird not to have him. Right. But I guess like having Cavill like, because Jeremy Renner's character is basically like I guess if you're gonna pass the torch to a character, it would pass to that character. And um, so I'm interested to see because they don't even mention him to say that like he's off on another assignment, which would have been easy to do at some point, you know. But I also don't think that this movie needs to necessarily focus on it because, you know, up until Ghost Protocol and then when Rogue Nation came out, you saw these characters come back. You always had a new team and like like Luther would come back, you know, Benji started coming back and that that was cool. Those were cool people to come back, but, you know, you could interplay with people on the team or whatever, which was kind of fun. But I feel like they've set it up now. It's like you're like, where the fuck's Jeremy Renner? I need him. This character is good. I want to see him and Tom Cruise work together more. But I feel like having like a main villain, which I think is Solomon, and then Henry Cavill's character is like, that's a bit much. I don't need another Tom Cruise, you know? Because your other like... So... But that would be my only gripe. I wish there was some little hint of like what he was up to. Just like, you know, just spoken at some point, like which would have taken seconds to do. But... You know, maybe we'll see him in the next one because apparently he was filming those uh, Marvel movies or whatever, so it can't be in my Mission Impossible movies. Only Ugh. Avengers four, totally yeah. not in even in three at all. So, yeah, because they shot those back to back, so I'm assuming that's well. They said it was because of his Marvel schedule and stuff. So, all right. Well, everyone wants to know. There's like three big stunts in this movie. Andrew, what was your favorite? Or if you liked them all, we can talk about all of them. Uh, it has got to be that helicopter battle, dude. Holy shit. 
that this is a movie where the first and second act have amazing stunts, like the, some of the best in the world. But then the third act, they they up the ante again, you know, and you got like Cavill looking like a vaudevillian villain, you know, he with the mustache. That mustache, uh, though. That mustache, though. Fucking, you know my man crushes on Cavill. Um, everybody knows that. Um, <laughs> but uh, you got fucking um, him, like, with the machine gun, you know, spraying bullets, you know, uh, outside of the outside of the uh, of his chopper as well, and that just that was just icing on the cake, man. You know, because you got like him just trying to ram him through the Kashmir mountain range. Fuck, man! I thought that was incredible, man. And apparently, didn't you tell me this that uh, Tom Cruise really did fly the helicopter as well? That's that's shit's crazy, dude. I thought that was awesome. Uh, and then. Uh, not not nearly as big, but just like I said before, like the morals in it and all that, and just the the pacing of it. Like whenever he saves a policewoman, just him saying, just like you, it's one of those scenes where you really want a character to do something and then he does it like immediately. Like that, just the payoff so good. Just like it's like man, he really should just save this woman. Pop 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 pop, and then they're all dead. And then you know, call in your backup or whatever he says. Like that was. I fucking love that scene. And the bathroom fight scene was fucking great because there that scene felt like a real struggle. Uh it didn't it, it really did not feel easy for the main characters at all. Uh it like that 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 Asian dude was a fucking badass dude. Holy shit, man. And you get to see character stuff too with Cavill just destroying the laptop like he's the hammer. Which is interesting because really what you need in a spy operation is a scalpel, not a hammer, which is what Ethan Hunt is. And he's just, this hammer's just fucking shit up left and right. So to see character stuff kind of be like sprinkled in with the actions, action scenes is awesome. And also the Halo jump, jump as well, of course, you can't forget that one. And the uh, 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 motorcycle chase as well. Uh, but man, the helicopter dude—that's a fucking like coup de gras, man. That was the scene that really like that scene really stuck with me, dude. That's one of my favorite favorite like ever, probably. I mean, I think Andrews went through the everything that's great in that movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, apparently that motorcycle chase scene—they um, had 90 minutes at the Arc de Triomphe to film that, and it's oh my I guess God. the rigs they built to like keep Tom safe like kept failing. So Tom was like, "Fuck it, I'll just do it." So that's him just riding a motorcycle, and anything can happen. Holy shit, really? So like, I mean, when he gets hit by that one car, it's obviously CG Tom flipping over it. Oh, but like him just going through the city backwards through the traffic like yes it's actors in those cars I get it but I mean that's a lot like there's not many like I mean Chris Pratt's not doing this shit you know right <laughs> and Chris Pratt's young um, but Chris uh, Pratt's not much older than us man <laughs> yeah and that that halo jump sequence he did that too um, I mean it's not like he just like trains for this I mean he like trains for this shit it's not like he's just like okay I can do it it's like they planned this shit out. I think is Zenu helping him do this shit, bro? Who? Zenu. You know, I the Scientology god. I, I mean, I guess so. <laughs> the alien I mean, that they talk about. It's, he, he would probably say that that's what's keeping him from like dying <laughs> during all of this. Because <laughs> uh, I mean, at some point, you know, you think your luck's gonna run out. Maybe that's why he waits so long to do them. I mean, he did break his foot on this one. Uh, 
if you watch the movie, it's the one take where he jumps across the building and then he gets up and limps away. That was he broke awesome. his foot at that moment. That's when amazing. he's limping, that's his foot's broken. And he, he was like, I knew it. Because I listened to him talk about it and he said that he jumped and he put his foot up because he thought it would soften the blow. But like halfway, like well, as he was doing that, he was like, this is going to break my foot. And then it broke. And he was like, fuck, you know? <laughs> he's like, I right. knew what it was going to. He's like, I just couldn't pull out of it. Um, so... This is the testament to how far he'll go to make a good fucking action movie, dude. Uh, I think that's, yeah. that all that's going to connect with that conversation you wanted to talk about later. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah it's just going to be more about like personal versus like actor stuff. Right. But we'll get I, into I, that. I'm going to add more of that later then. But um, yeah, I mean, I loved all the fight scenes. I thought the bathroom fight scene was great because it's like that's the first time we've seen Ethan Hunt's character not be able to take someone out by himself. And then, you know, you have your, like, hammer come in. You're like, oh, Henry Cavill's got this. But then he's even fucking up Henry Cavill's character. Like, you literally have to shoot this guy with a gun. <laughs> right. For him to, you know. And I, I love what Andrew's, like, I love that. The thing I love about Ethan Hunt is he wants he wants a way around everything not to hurt anyone. And, you know, and that's including his crew, people he's just met that he, like, has a connection with. Um, he goes out of his way to not do it the simplest way, which is, you know, Henry Cavill's character in this, which I thought was great because I don't think we've really seen a character like Henry Cavill's character just be like, I'll hit him with the computer. Oh, let's just kill that one cop girl, you know? And like, instead of like, like, let's just talk to her. Maybe we can convince her. Like, I mean, it's Tom Cruise, man. Like, you just smile and nod a little bit. He can convince her not to call cops. Come on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but I really like that about Ethan Hunt's character, about like how every mission... Is like this is the easiest way to do it, and this is how we should do it. And he's like, no, we we can't hurt people. We got to figure out a different way, you know. And I think that's what makes the stunt so good because this one character has to do this un- this impossible shit to make it work. But it makes sense also with it being a spy movie as well, where they're not the army. He might have been in the army before. I don't know the backstory of the character, but like to be a spy, you got to be. You know, uh, you got to be the scalpel. You have to be the the like silence is key. Also, you know, you gotta you gotta be as yeah, you gotta act as efficiently as possible for for spy work. So I think that all ties in with with everything else. No, yeah, I mean, I think that's what's the great thing about these movies and like not knowing his background is cool because I feel like now more than ever we're getting more of who Ethan Hunt is as a character. Like from Mission Impossible One, where he's just kind of like. The pretty face out of the group but he's also really smart and you get that as he like as the conclusion of the film takes place you know um and then mission possible 2 i don't feel like there's really much character development just because it's a john woo flick you're not really there for that you know um and then like the third one you know he's married at this point it's a different ethan hunt which i thought was a great turn to like show this person who didn't want to do what he was doing anymore and then to get to fallout where you know, uh, his wife, his ex-wife at this point said she didn't feel safe knowing that Ethan Hunt wasn't out there doing, you know, uh, Mission Impossible shit. Because she knew he and his team were keeping the, the world safe from, like, these terrorists who were getting these nuclear bombs and, like, everything. And I was just like, man, this is so good. Like, who Ethan Hunt is, is, you know, he, Ethan Hunt is <laughs> Superman, basically, within the Mission Impossible universe. It's like, I'm going to save people. I'm not going to hurt anybody. And the sacrifices they take yeah. with their personal lives, too, that has a lot of weight to it. Yeah, and I, I like that his team follows him to the end. You know, like, they Speaking trust him. 
Speaking of the team, Ving Rames, I got to say, he was the least annoying he's ever been to me. Like, I've never really liked him all that much for some reason. Uh, just acting style or something like that. But, like, he he was crying in one scene, right? I was like, fuck, man, this is... I got to hand to this director right now to get this performance out of Rames. Because this is a guy that I've never liked before that much. And now I'm really feeling for this character. And his relationship to Ethan Hunt, you know exactly what that's like. And all the way to the end with their total belief in in one another. The confidence that they have because of, because of their experiences together. You know, with the timing of the bomb and all that. So... I mean, that I mean, God, he was great in this movie. This is the best Ving Rhames movie, Ving Rames movie I've ever seen. I gotta I, say, I think his turn as Luther and all of the Mission Impossible, like once they started including him more, are great. He's great in them, and he's like the. I love that he's just this like badass hacker. And now that he's with Benji, and they're both really good at it, uh, it's it's very fun. Um, I also like too that throughout these movies you get um, you get. Ethan Hunt's backstory from the other characters. Like, he talks to them. Like, Ethan Hunt at no point talks to us and tells us what's going on in his life. Like, anything that's happening, uh, like Luther or Benji will tell another character who's just joined the team of, like, what he's going through. And then, uh, I think it's Ghost Protocol when Jeremy Renner and that whole backstory of how he thought he was trying to protect uh, Ethan Hunt and his wife and the... You know, it's a whole cover-up to, like, kill his wife so she'll be safer because Ethan Hunt has to go back into the field. Like, that seems so good. It, like, lets you know who Ethan Hunt is. And, yeah, man, I just, I like, because it's not, like, in your face who this character is, you know. It's the, that, I, know I think he's, it also I know ties in good. with this, it ties in with the spy shit as well, where he's, he's able to control his emotions and he's seeing this girl that he loves and she's with this other guy, but he knows... They all know the choices that they've made in his life, and it's very mature how both of them handle the situation. Uh, no jealousy, none of that crap, kind of crap. It's it's just like it's like it's almost like he loves her so much that he he can even be okay with this because of his own because of his choices in his life as well. He's he loves her enough to let her go. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, the thing, too, about him that's kind of great is, like, he's a Boy Scout, man. Like, he is there to help the world. And like, it's not just, like, America. It's just he's there to save everyone, which is great because it's not, it's not centralized to just, like, oh, well, I mean, yes, Tom Cruise is American and stuff. But, you know, they're always in different countries trying to do different stuff to save the entire world from, you know, nuclear blasts or whatever the fuck the terrorists are up to at the time releasing viruses whatever um but that yeah man i just oh dude i also that opening shot where they trick the uh, physicist dude into like giving him the passcode so good because we haven't seen a moment like that since the first movie i totally dude i i saw the first movie in the theater when i was a kid and i have not seen it since so i've the only thing i remember is that famous scene where he's coming down on the y on the cable yeah i mean and that's the thing that, like, I mean, the stunt work has always been great through these. I'd say the weakest ones, Mission Impossible 2, but generally on top notch. Um, I feel like we've discussed this film pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we're missing probably only, uh, uh, oh my God, British guy's name, uh, Simon Pegg. Uh, 
he he was also pretty good as well, but he was kind of just pretty much what you would expect. Um, I do like the guy, but I do think that Ving Rhames, I guess because my expectations were so low, he stood out. Ving Rhames stood out more in this particular film. But Simon Pegg is is great, too. I mean, he always is, but... Uh, um, I love this scene where he's has to where he's like uh, being hung up and he's like trying to cut the thing and I got it got a little touch and go. I was like I can't lose Benji. Yeah, don't make yeah. don't don't let me lose Benji because of the fucking Star Trek man. Come on, a little touch and go up there, a little touch and go back there. Which I think is fun. I think it was which is always great because any of these characters because I mean at some point they're gonna have to like in the next movie they're gonna have to kill off like a main cast member because it'll just be some more emotional resonance or something that ethan hunt's character has to deal with through the rest of the film which i think would be great i mean it's gonna be sad to see someone go but i think it has to happen you know and it's probably either gonna be luther or benji right but probably yeah. keep luther because it's a whole bunch of white people <laughs> yeah i i mean yeah i i definitely would go for that too after this film i feel like you're you're about to wrap it up, but before we do that, um, uh, real quick, what was your single favorite scene? Like number one favorite scene out of this movie? Uh, man, I really love the fucking. Okay, I'll do a bathroom. I'll do a fight scene, and then you know, or an action scene, and then um, just like a, an acting one that I really okay. enjoyed. Uh, I love the bathroom fight scene just because I'd never seen that before. I mean, I expect the spectacle, you know. So I knew those stunts would be fucking sick, and you know, watching the helicopter scene play out was fucking awesome, man. I was on the edge of my seat watching that shit. I was like, man, I'm glad I didn't see this in 4DX with like fucking rocking chairs and shit. I don't know if I could handle it. Might have a heart attack. I'm an old man now. Um, but I love the bathroom scene just because I've never seen Ethan Hunt really go up against someone that he couldn't take out, and I really liked how they would try different tactics and they still weren't working. It's like, okay, let's bring weapons into this. And then he, like, reaches for the gun at that point. It's like, I can't kill this guy. And I was like, that is fucking awesome. And it's just a really cool choreographed fight scene. I thought it was shot really well. So, like, nothing was too fast. I really saw, like, the hits landing. And, dude, the hits landing in this movie are fucking sick, dude. It's like someone watched, like, a uh, like a martial arts movie. Like, I always go back to the raid guys because they make hits look... Like, I don't want to get hit ever because... Watching those movies, I'm like, oh, that looks like it was so bad. Because in some movies, it's like, over time, it just sounds like they're hitting meat, and it just doesn't look as good. But, God, man, that fucking, some of those hits in that scene are like, whoa, dude. I think you guys really fought. I, it wouldn't be surprising if, like, five years from now, Tom Cruise is like, yeah, we fought each other in this scene. I'd be like, oh, shit, he really did do it. It was um, very real. And I was I was a little sad that there were actually no... Uh, bullet sounds whenever he uh, Cavill is uh, getting ready to punch the dude like it was in the trailer. <laughs> You're not the first one to bring that up. <laughs> it's cool, but it's just like that was such a well-edited trailer, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't need to see that in the movie, but I'm there with you that if it would have happened, I would have laughed and been like, fine, whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, and then my other favorite scene is what Andrew was talking about with the whole Luther scene, crying and uh, telling um ilsa all about Cruz and like well, what he's done to yeah basically protect the world and like how far he will go and he's like and he just tells her to walk away he's like he can't you can't put this on ethan it's too much for him and ethan walks into the room and ilsa says looks at him and he's like what are you guys talking about i don't forget the dialogue 
And she goes, I'm coming with you. And there's a moment that Tom Cruise, you can tell he, Ethan goes, God damn it, you know? Just with a slight movement or like an eye something, but I knew he was like, I don't need this. But Ethan Hunt being who he is, he was like, gotta adapt, dude. <laughs> now I just gotta worry about her. It's one more thing, and this is why I get this, you know, it's just part of his job. And he wants her there too. I mean, she's like an asset to him. Like, she's good fighter. She's like, you know, like, what if he didn't have her? What all other things? And I feel like the calculation, but like the disappointment that something could happen to her, like that all flashes in his face. And I was like, this scene is crazy good. It's like the acting all around this, that like that, it, I loved it just because it's like, I don't think I've ever seen him do that besides like at the end of Ghost Protocol when he's looking at his ex-wife. And there's like a moment there and I was like, that's sick. And they kind of just like, Tom Cruise is a good actor, man. And he can do that. And uh, those are my two favorite scenes of Fallout. Nice. Uh, like I said before, my favorite scene is the is the helicopter battle scene. And uh, I guess, yeah, it's the policewoman getting saved because just the... It's the it's it's what you want the, the 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 it's like it was like taken that's what it was like that scene was like taken because it's you, the the main characters doing what you want to do it's a badass move and the pacing of the action itself and I know it sounds like bullshit but pacing can go a long long way with action uh, in action movies um, man it's a whole other conversation but yeah so I'd I'd say those those two things those two scenes in particular and man and you know, Ving Rhames may be number three. So, Ving Rhames cry, crying scene. I mean, I agree. That cop scene was really good because that's at the moment when he opens that door. I was like, holy fuck, what are they going to do now? Yeah, and you're and thinking, man, like, this policewoman has done nothing wrong. What's going on here? Yeah, I was like, and then Cavill goes for the gun, and you're like, no! I was like, <laughs> Ethan, Don't Ethan do it, ain't going to let... He was like, I was like, Ethan ain't going to let that happen. <laughs> and then those dudes rolled up and I was like, oh God, everybody's going to die. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, no, I think, you know, there's not a scene in this movie that I don't like. Like I said, my only complaint is where Jeremy Renner at, yo. Right. Um, so the only thing I have to one more thing before we go into this like final thoughts and like celebrity shit is. Right. So there's a thing on the internet about how the more Tom Cruise runs, the better his movies are. After I saw that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Um, how did what did you think of his running in Fallout? Did you did you think it was the, the best running through the series, or have you seen <laughs> better a, running? What a question, dude! I don't really fucking pay attention, man, to that shit. Like, I, I think he runs fine. He runs like he's had a good, to pers- go. good personal trainer. Uh, he runs like uh, he runs like a movie star with a lot of money behind him that's in shape would run. You know what I mean? Like, like he's, he, he runs very well and like he's had a lot of training and just like that character supposed to have as well. So, um, I guess there's something to wait through the way that he runs and the way that people shoot him running. They always put it in the trailer. And, uh, I guess there's just something visually good about that because I, I, I did see that, uh, that are that headline anyway and uh i guess there's something to that i don't know what do you think um i mean it's kind of i i watched the video and it doesn't really kind of just goes through his movies like oblivion got a really low score he does no running in it which i thought was really funny really um, yeah and uh so it's kind of fun just to work at but my favorite running scene is in mission possible 3 when he's trying to get to his wife okay and it was so intense in the theater like when he's just running on those docks telling people to move it's my favorite one. 
I'd have to see that again, man. I've, I've forgotten that entirely. Yeah. I mean, definitely rewatch. I like, I think they put them on sale on the PlayStation Store like a month, like last month before the movie came out, or like the beginning of this month for like all five films for like twenty six bucks or something. I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude! I'm doing this!" And I rewatched <laughs> them all, and yeah, man, Mission Impossible three, best running in my opinion. But so I do, three I do and like Fallout, Fallout. <laughs> are like at the top three and Fallout. For me, yeah, I would go Rogue Nation, Fallout, oh, yeah, are my you two just favorite. Did the ranking, yeah. yeah. All right. Just because I really like seeing the continuation of the Solomon Lane character, just because I thought he was so villainous and like that voice is such a great villain voice, it's like oh, like Ethan Hunt has never been up against this guy, the syndicate. I was like, sick, yeah. The Apostles too. What a fucking oh. great ass name, bro. Yeah, dude. It's just like him and Christopher McQuarrie. These like because he's worked on a bunch of films with Tom Cruise, like as a writer. Like yeah. they called him in to rewrite like. Edge of Tomorrow lived at whatever the fuck the name of that movie is at this point. I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I know, I know. Like he rewrote some of that and like some other stuff. So they've been working working together for a while. They did the first um, Jack Reacher movie, which I really like the Jack Reacher movie because it's like it's it's not Mission Impossible, but if I don't have a Mission Impossible movie, I'm gonna watch Jack Reacher movie. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh, I'll yeah. take what I can get every year. But uh, Jack Reacher is not as good as Mission Impossible. But if you're kind of aching for a character who's like. Like not as good as even Hunt, but still kind of cool. Definitely worth checking those two films out. Um, but um, yeah, I just feel like they both get each other, and um, yeah, man, keep working together. Like I, I would, I kind of want to see a new director step into another Mission Impossible, the next Mission Impossible movie. But honestly, dude, if they just make like two or three more films together, fine, fuck it. The guy does a good job. He directs really well. So, but I would like to get maybe like someone weird in there that would do a good job, but then I'd be scared. I wouldn't be surprised speaking. This is a slight tangent, but I wouldn't be surprised if Cavill's trying to get him to direct Man of Steel 2. I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, I mean, they definitely need like for that. They definitely need some, they need something different. And I think like, you know, with Aquaman coming out by James Wan being a horror director, you know, setting Wonder Woman in 84, the more like fun vibe to it from what people have said. Not to say that I don't want a fun Batman movie. Make that shit dark as fuck. But I feel like Superman's got to make me... Like, when I leave a Mission Impossible movie, I'm like, God, man, look, there are people out there doing good work. You know? Like, you were saying earlier that, like, you want to walk out of that movie and be like, humanity's not that bad. There's some bad people, but there's a lot of good. When I I walk out of Mission Impossible movies, I think that. Like, there's an IMF team, like, fucking doing shit behind our back like it's probably it's not happening but i like to believe it people let me believe the lie i mean there's probably been some covert ops that have saved whole countries though and they no one knows you know maybe not the whole world but maybe a couple countries here and there but like when i walk out that's the thing i should have when i walk out of a superman movie you know not like you know i love that i get it with the mission impossible series but i want it more with like a superhero movie you know i mean if we if that guy was able to get that performance from ving rames and of course, the rest of the, the cast in, in Fallout. I think that he has the chops to handle whatever emotional scenes that he'll need to do for Man of Steel too. Because, I mean, as, if you look back at the Donner Superman and even a lot of Man of Steel too, there is a lot of emotion there. Um, and it needs to not just be action, but of course, I mean, like that guy is amazing at action. Well, like we we know he has those those bona fides, but to see. It'd be to me, 
my number one pick might still be George Miller, just because I think there's something to an old man really understanding Superman. I don't know what it is. I just have an, like my intuition tells me George Miller is probably the best pick, but he might be trying to do another Mad Max or something. But I think that. I guess, yeah, maybe my number two is McQuarrie now because, fuck, I mean, they got the history together now. They've made a hit film, pretty much an instant classic. And uh, if he, you know, he's a writer too, you know, so he'll probably, uh, you know, look over that script as well. So, yeah, it's, I, I think it'd be very cool to see yeah. all that come through. I'd be totally down. Tom Cruise is some kind of villain in it or something. Sure, man. Oh, Tom Bring him Cruise into the is de- the brainiac, man. <laughs> oh, man. God, I mean, I I'd love to see, see an un- that actually. Can you see I'd that? I'd love to. Yeah, I'd love to see an unleashed like Tom Cruise just go full on like crazy, like villainous. You know, I mean, he hasn't really done a villain since like Interview with the Vampire. He I was think. great. Like, that's, man. that's the only one I can think of. But you know, it'd be it'd be fun. But whatever. Side tangent, we like uh, comic book movies, too. <laughs> so what was um, the thing about you're going to go into the actor and uh, yeah, real-life situation? Uh, so something that comes up, and I think it comes up with Tom Cruise a lot, you know, uh, Mel Gibson, uh, other... Uh, uh, re- most recently with James Gunn and, like, all this shit that's kind of, like, been happening. Uh, I just... I'm... For me, personally, I'm... Able, I'm able to separate like the person in real life from you know a character they're playing and i know it's not easy for some people like people drop shit because they've they people have done shitty things and like there is a there is a line that i'm not willing to cross like you know if they've been convicted of like uh digging into child porn or doing shit with children like no dude it's done but tom cruise just being a weirdo scientologist yeah I got. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to talk to. I probably wouldn't have a beer. I mean, you know, I'd probably have a beer with Tom Cruise. Who am I kidding? You know, I'd want him to go crazy on me. But dude, Tom Cruise is crazy. Can't wait to see the next Mission Impossible. Keep up the good work, Tom. You know. Um, but like, it's just weird that people won't watch the Mission Impossible movies because he jumped on a couch and is a Scientologist. But there's a lot of artists like people still listen to Beck and he's a Scientologist and just because he didn't jump on a couch. It's cool. And that crazy? Like, I mean, everybody has a weird moment. Come on. We're all people. But, yeah, I just feel like that comes up a lot. Like, with James Gunn and the shit he did, which... I don't condone anything he did, but... just sucks. I really would have liked for him to finish his trilogy. Uh, just to see how that would have come to completion. Hopefully he gets to. Um, but if this is the ramifications he, ramifications he gets for being kind of a shitty person, then I also understand that, too. Oh, man, that's a whole other tangent, but... Yeah, I mean, we don't have to get into that, but... Like, I guess, like, how do you feel about, like, watching a Tom Cruise movie? Do you go in and be like... Because there are people who won't see Mission Impossible films because Tom Cruise is in them, or... Well, to me, he, it doesn't bother me, like, at all. Like, I like Ving Rhames has bothered me before just because of his performance on screen. I just, I don't know, it's just the, like the way he delivers lines sometimes or something. And Vin Diesel... I just do not like that guy, man. Um, I do not. I will probably not see that Bloodshot movie that they're gonna make. Um, and like, there's people that I don't like, and it's mainly because of their performance. From what I hear, Ving, uh, well, Ma- Ma- Ving Rhames too, to a lesser, much lesser extent, but also Vin Diesel. 
not really great people off off camera. Um, but really, I'm never going to meet these. Well, I'm, I'm actually I will not say never. Uh, but uh, God, I, yeah, I guess. Well, anyway, um, I will. If they entertain me on screen, then it's like whatever, dude. Like you're a Scientologist. Your religion is just to get people to believe in Xenu, bro, and to like, I don't know. I mean, it's a very strange religion. Uh, I think he's wrong about all that stuff, but I don't think I'm really supporting Scientology going to see a Mission Impossible movie. You know what I mean? Like, maybe he gets a bunch of money and then donates a bunch to uh, Scientology. I guess maybe in that respect, we could be. But uh, other than that, I, I don't know, man. It's just, his performance doesn't bother me. I don't care about him jumping on a fucking couch. I never saw that live when it was on air. I saw some reruns and some spoofs online. And that's kind of it. Honestly, I like, I just, it's just kind of cool to see a movie star, like an epic movie star on screen. I know we shouldn't be doing all this, like, movie star worship, this hero worship shit. But... Um, he's just been in the game for so long, man. I mean, he was, you know, he was in Top Gun in 86 and, and, and Risky Business before we were born, I think. And he's just kind of been on top ever since, man. So it's just, it's just cool to see him still kicking and like pretty much bigger than he's ever been, really. So, uh, I just, I'm just not one of those people that's like a cruise hater. And I can understand, like, I'm not religious myself. And I understand not liking religion, uh, but it's just, I don't know, it's not going to keep me from seeing the movie, really. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just thought it was interesting to bring it up because people at this point still like, because of the weirdo beliefs that he has, but, you know, I, some, I look at Christians and go, that's kind of a weirdo belief. I mean, I'm sure Chris Pratt loved the fuck out of saying Jesus in uh, in Avengers three. You know, he he quote he puts Bible po- posts up all the time, man. He's definitely not he's not like trying to bury the lead on that one. So, uh, and and you know, th- and that's maybe not as weird as Scientology, certainly not. But it's as as somebody that's not religious, it's it all it almost falls in the same category sometimes, you know, uh, it, it can feel that a lot of the, a lot of the times it feels sort of similar. It's just people being, <laughs> being religious. Um, like Orlando Bloom is like really Buddhist too, by the way. Anyway, that's another thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't have an issue. I'm going to continue to watch the mission impossible movies. Um, and if the movie, if Tom, I watched American made, it's all right. I have not seen that actually. Oh, that's, a, that's a plane movie, right? I should see that. Yeah, he flies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a plane movie. You should see it. Yeah, I, I, I would. It's I like HBO that. right now. Oh shit! Yeah, I'll check that but, out. I, I definitely was. I like the trailer to that. So. So I think it's time for final thoughts and our indeeds. All right. My turn you, then. Yeah, you gotta go first, man. I'm. I'm doing. I'm leading this thing. Right. It's rude. Okay. <laughs> It's rude. Um, yeah, so, like I said before, and a lot of people don't agree with me on this, but it's really the first one that really got me. And maybe I'm growing on the podcast, too. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm understanding these films more. But, I mean, Helicopter Battle, bro, that was amazing. 
God, I love that scene. And it's just because he the- likes flying stuff. I like the flying stuff, but it was done very well, and it wasn't like a thousand cuts either, like McCory did. Like the like, you don't cut too much. Like it's a lot of like, um, like Cameron and Nolan are good at this too, where they they do long shots even in action sequences as long as that they can get away with. So I, I was very I, I love that. And um, the tension building, the spy versus spy stuff, all the scenes that we talked about before. Um, I did feel like I got to know Ethan more, and you got fucking Ving Rhames crying on screen talking about him. So uh, I think that we you kind of get it all, and um, it's 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 weird to say that this might be the best action movie this year, and it's not a it's not a superhero film. Um, but uh, that's just how how it goes, man. And um, I'm still very strict on the perfect tens, but I'm gonna give this one nine. It's gonna have nine and deeds, and that's pretty much it for me on this one, man. Cool. Uh, I agree with Andrew. Um, I really don't have to say much on this podcast this time because Andrew is basically saying everything for me. Uh, <laughs> no, I loved it. I thought it was great. I can't wait to see it again. Um, Go see it. Uh, catch up with the rest of them. It's a good series. I mean, the weakest one is Mission Impossible 2, but, like, out of six films, you got one dud. That's not bad, man, <laughs> you know? It's, yeah, not like it's, they re- it's not like they rebooted the series at any point. It's just the same character, you know? You just add different parts. Really, uh, bringing in more of his personal life, I thought, was a good, a good thing to do instead of keeping it mission-based only, you know, especially if you're following Ethan Hunt through this entire series. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, just see it. All the action scenes are great. It's, uh, you know, I agree. Like, I, the guy knows how to shoot action, and how, and him and Tom Cruise know how to make a good fucking action movie. And I, this is probably gonna end up on my like top five when we do that. Oh, the um, year end uh, roundup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It will probably end up on there. I mean, because I generally my year end roundup is stuff that has. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be to like Rotten Tomatoes great scores. It's just stuff that like just super impressed me, and it could be the lowest budget film to the biggest budget film. You know, you never know till we get to until I start thinking about it. But man, it was a lot of fun, and I really want to see it again. Um, Indeeds, dude, I might have to. <laughs> Here we go. This might be my third one. Oh shit. <laughs> It might be. I'm going to do it. 10 out of 10, man. This movie fucking oh, sick. I love Mission shit. Impossible. Just throw yeah. that 10 out of 10 around like it ain't, like it's nothing. No, there I really might come a day it. where I'll drop a 10, but uh, it is not today. I, and a lot of my 10 out of 10s aren't like, it's just like me walking out of the theater just being like, oh, fuck, man, that was a lot of fun. And like remembering why I go to theaters, you know? And, you know, like Incredibles 2. What was the other one I gave a 10 out of 10 to? Fuck, man. I can't remember. Yeah, dude. We do this a lot. Uh, Mr. Pa- I know I've given three out this year, so. <laughs> I'm sure I... Oh, it might have been Hereditary. Oh, maybe yeah. that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, these movies, like, I walked out of not expecting, like, what I, like, you know. Didn't expect Incredibles 2 to be that good or hook me that much. Got me. <laughs> Hereditary. Wanted to be some fucking love, man. All hail King Paymon. Pay you know, uh, and this one, man, I just walked out having 
you know, I, I walk out of Mission Possible movies, like I said, like the way I should walk out of a Superman movie going, yes, my faith in humanity has been restored. There are good people. And I walked out of Fallout just like I have every Mission Impossible movie, um, probably since Ghost Protocol. I mean, 3 was kind of the same way, but Ghost Protocol set me in that motion of being like, man, I fucking love these movies. And I'm not ashamed of it, people. Hate me if you want to. It's fine. Mission Impossible's got a lot of fans, man. I mean, I think you're just around the wrong people or something, dude, when it comes to movies, because like all the buzz online, people that I've been talking to, and and like it has a series best uh, box office too. So like it's 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 a hit movie. Critics and fans agree, you know, shit like that. So yeah, but there, I feel like there wasn't a, there was a time when people didn't they didn't agree, they didn't want to watch these movies, and you know who was there? Me buying those tickets <laughs> but yeah that's yeah. all i got all right everybody that was episode 139 thanks for leading that interview maddie yeah, no problem <laughs> so i uh, just wanted to thank once again shasta and matt herring for the patreon patronage and also i am thunderwolf drew on twitter and thunderwolf lives on Instagram and we also have Superhouse Podcast it's Superhouse Pod on Twitter and Superhouse Podcast on Instagram and pretty much Superhouse Podcast and everything else and also SuperhousePod.com and we're also selling some t-shirts if you go to Superhouse Shop at the bottom link at Superhouse Pod it'll lead you to our T public page and you can find our store there and we're going to be adding more items to that in the future and Stefan, uh, he dropped that hot package, right? Uh, that's, that's public? I think it's private right now. Okay, well, he's going to be dropping a real, real sweet hot package here soon. That's his toy show, action figure show that he does. And uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, and you're old Beardo, right? Yeah. <laughs> Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. All right, cool. So anyway, that's it. Uh, Andrew signing off. This is Maddie. Bye-bye. This is Stefan from the Superhouse Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Patreon, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and any other godforsaken social media outlet that we that we should be floating on. We are basically on all social media. <laughs> yeah, all social media. Mainly Facebook and Twitter and Patreon. Check out the links in the description. We have uh, a lot of uh, cool goals uh, set up on our Patreon. Like if you donate a dollar, you'll be able to uh, give us a topic for us to talk about. And we'll talk about for maybe an hour or more. Who knows how long it'll take. And that's pretty tight. (laughs) That's the coolest thing. (laughs) Wait, we're on the internet? That's pretty good. (laughs) And we can make money. (laughs) What? (laughs) If you donate $1,000, you get full frontal nudes. We haven't set that up, but it's a possibility. You give us a grant, who knows what will happen. Check us out. I'll do that. that. You get to go on a date with one of us for (laughs) $10,000. But you pay for everything. (laughs) You get to have your way with Maddie for $20,000. I'll give you Joey for a weekend. For $30,000, we'll help you hide a body. Check out our Patreon. Superhouse Gigolo Project. 2018. (laughs) Links in the description.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 